Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Iren, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. Hallelujah. Say with me, Father, we are ready. Say, Father, we are receptive. Say, Father, we're ready to receive all that your Spirit has for us. Say it again, we're ready to receive all that your Spirit has for us. We are receptive and we are ready. Say, let the miracles begin now. Say, let the miracles begin now. Hallelujah. Turn your Bibles, Psalm 23. For time's sake and since we know it, I'm going to quote from my heart. And you see, this is arguably the most popular psalm. But there is something that people have not really noticed about it. You know the psalm begins, it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie in green pastures. You know, and what does it mean that God is our shepherd? Amongst many other things that may come to your mind, it means he's present. You see, and it's easy to discern the presence of God when things are rosy. When you lie in green pastures and when you walk beside still waters and when your soul is restored, it's easy to discern the presence of God. But the other part of the psalm is the part that people don't know. He says, he leads me in the path of righteousness for his namesake. It says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he says, I will fear no evil. Why? Because he says, you are with me. You know, that's so powerful. And first and foremost, the value of the shadow of death, you know, describes your life location, many of you right now. You know, you just can't understand why the darkness, why am I battling so much sickness and pain right now? But you see, David says, even in the darkness, he's with you. And he says, I will not be afraid because you are with me. Let me tell you this. Do not be afraid. One of the most powerful things that can happen to someone who is battling an ailment is courage. You know, when you have courage, you know that there is a way out of this. God is with you. And because God is with you, listen, even what, what you're going through right now is still the path of righteousness. It will end in righteousness. And you are coming out of it because his rod and his staff comforts you. The rod describes metaphorically the miraculous hand of God. Think about Moses' rod. And you're going to see miracles. And darkness will turn to light. Say amen like you believe. But it does take bravery to expect a healing. It takes bravery. That despite the pain and the contradiction that you are faced with, you still dare to believe the word of God. You know, I've told you the story time and again. I'll tell you a billion times more. The Bible tells us about a woman who had a hemorrhage. You know, we don't even know her name. We just know the Bible calls her the woman with the issue of blood. She was so sick, there was nothing else or nothing much else to know about her. You know, some people, you ask them, how is your job? Oh, I stopped because of this ailment. Or how is this? Oh, I stopped because of this. It looks like this, the sickness has defined you. But think about it. The Bible was careful to tell us that she had spent all her money treating herself and she was not better. 
Not just that, the Bible tells us she had been sick 12 good years. And 12 years after, she hears that Jesus is walking by. And despite the contradiction that she had faced in her health for 12 years, she was willing to believe for a miracle. Let me tell you something. That's one of the biggest women of faith in the entire Bible. That after 12 years of sickness, you are still willing to believe God. You still have the courage. Listen, no one even came to her house to give her a flyer and to persuade her. Listen, I know you've tried before. Just try again. It will happen this time. No! She said to herself, she needed no motivation. If I would just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. What if you learn from that? That despite the fact that it seems like that valley of the shadow of death has been an unending street, you can still trust for a miracle today. You see, sometimes in meetings like this, there's an elephant in the room. The reality is many of us have had too much disappointments. And so we don't want to stretch our faith too high. But C.S. Lewis says, he says, when pain is born, courage helps much more than knowledge. There are two things I've discovered that, about most Christians, you know, when it comes to meetings like this. Number one is this. You see, sometimes there's a difference between what a Christian believes God can do and what a Christian expects God to do. There's a difference between what you believe and what you expect. It's one thing to believe God can raise the dead. It's another thing to expect God to. It's one thing to believe that God can heal the sick. It's another thing to expect God to. All the things you say God can do. Well, how about you expect him to do it in this service? Because that's what makes the difference. That's what make the, makes the difference. You know what the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 23, verse 18? It says, for surely there's an end. It says, and the expectations of the righteous shall not be cut short. Not the theology of the righteous. You can have the conviction that God can heal, but it must become an expectation. Not the explanation of the righteous, but the expectation of the righteous. You have to expect. You have to expect. It might be cute that you have it on the website of your church. We believe that God heals. It's another thing to be a doer of the word and to expect him to actually heal. And I dare say again, despite all the contradictions that you have faced, it's not just enough to have it in the statement of faith of your church. It must be active in your assembly, an active expectation. Hallelujah. Come on, say amen if you believe. And I also realize that Christians, you know, who believe God can do some things that they don't expect God to do, became like that. Because of experience. They were not always like that. It's a learned behavior. Doubt is a learned behavior. Even in natural sciences, you know, children are naturally optimistic. It is as they are growing up that adults begin to tell them, you know, to be realistic. Children believe they can do anything. Doubt is a learned behavior. And you know, a good example of this is Abraham. In Genesis chapter 15, Abraham had an encounter with God. He was talking with God, and you know, he said this in verse 2. He said, Lord God, what will you give me, seeing I go childless? 
and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus, a stranger will inherit my estate because I have no son from my loins. A stranger will take all the wealth that you've given me. And he's telling that to God. He said, look, I have no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. Behold, the word of the Lord came to him. Listen, have you ever been in a conference and you received the word of the Lord? You know how scared you were? How pumped you were? How optimistic you were? How you rejoiced? How you told everyone who cared to know? He says, the word of the Lord came to him saying, this shall not be your heir, but one will come from your own body who will be your heir. He says, then he brought him out and said, look at the heaven. Count the stars if you are able to number them. He said, so shall your descendants be. So you leave that kind of conference and you're pumped and excited. I received a word from God. God even gave me a sign. He said, look at the stars. See if you can count it. You know, you live with so much conviction. Abraham must have gone home to tell Sarai, listen, God said, we're going to have a child. They might have rejoiced, you know, and celebrated or whatever it is they did. But it seemed like reality began to dawn on Sarai after a while. And in Genesis chapter 16, she begins to pressure him. Listen, we can't wait again. Time is passing by. We need someone. We need someone. Okay, look at Hagar. Take Hagar and have a child by her. And so Ishmael was born. You see, Ishmael represents every compromise that we have to excuse ourselves from the fact that we're tired of expecting the power of God. For some of us, Ishmael is a doctrine. A doctrine, you know, that we just camp around to explain why things didn't happen in the past. Because make no mistake, this is, this is a real issue. Some of you just can't understand why did daddy die or why we prayed. What did we do wrong? And so we come up with an Ishmael theology to accommodate, you know. So um, listen, Abraham did not stop talking to God. He didn't stop praying. But he just became complacent. He didn't stop going to church. So some of you are still devoted and all of that. But that's like a sensitive area in your heart. You don't really want to touch it. Hallelujah. And let me tell you the truth. I understand. But hey, do not let the things you don't understand in your past stand in the way of the testimonies and miracles in your future. That's all I'm here to tell you. That's all I'm here to tell you. And so, by Genesis 17, this time around, Ishmael is already 13 years old. I mean, just think about that. And then the same Abraham who even asked God for a child in Genesis 15 will not even bring it up. Then God brings it up. God says, I will make you a father of many nations. In fact, he said, I've made you a father of many nations. Your name will no longer be Abraham. It will be Abraham. For I've made you. He must have been thinking, God is out to embarrass me. As if it's not bad enough, I waited so long and nothing happened. Now he wants me to bear the name so that everybody will consider me a fool 
after waiting this long? So now you want, just imagine what people will say if I changed my name at a hundred years old to father of nations, knowing I don't have a child. But listen, if you read carefully, you see that he didn't say anything. When he says, oh, you father of nations, he didn't really object because he must have thought, oh, well, I have Ishmael now, so maybe father of nations. But this is where he began to object. It's like God read his mind and said specifically in verse 15, he says, Sarah, your wife, <laughs> will be called Sarah. I will give you a son by her. When Abram heard this, he just fell to the floor and started laughing fell on his face. The same person who was full of faith not too long before, pumped about the promise, you know, of a child. Now, the same God tells him, you're going to have a child, and he just says, you know, let's not kid ourselves. I'm old. How is this really going to happen? Let's be realistic here. And you know what he said to God? He says, oh, let Ishmael live before you. <laughs> Don't take me down that road. I've been disappointed before. I'm, I'm okay here. Let Ishmael live before you. You know what God said? Look at verse 19, everybody, of Genesis 17. The Bible says, Then God said, everybody, the next word as loud as you can. No. Shout it loud. No. God said, no. Listen, I know you have been disappointed, but that's not enough reason for you to change your conviction. God still says no. He says no. Sarah, your wife, will bear you a son. Hallelujah. And you shall call his name Isaac. God said no. Listen. I've tried. I've flirted with the Ishmael theology before. God, don't, don't take me that route. You know, let's just be comfortable. Because believe it or not, being vulnerable this morning, I've had my own contradictions. There's a close family member who had goiter. And she went to three of the top charismatic preachers in this nation. You know, when you talk about international healing ministries from this nation, three of the top. I mean, when, once I was hearing the names, oh, I'm going to this person, I, in my mind, as a young believer, I said, ah, he's done. So I expected to see, you know, the person, when the person comes back, the growth is disappeared. But guess what? Nothing happened. And it did something to me I didn't even realize. I was still serving God, you know, went on to do everything God asked me to do. But in fact, I was seeing other miracles happen. But once I hear goy, you know, <laughs> some of you know what I'm saying. It's just like that became like an Ishmael encounter. Thank God my relative went on, had an operation, you see. And thank God for medical science. But what about when medical science will fail? You still have to learn the knowledge of the power of God, all right? You know, so it was just an issue. And then, one day in the Abuja church, I was preaching. I still have that tape, you know, and I'm embarrassed to say this because, you see, as I was preaching, I got a word of knowledge that there was someone in the audience who had a relative who had goiter and that God was going to, Heal the person. Direct word. I avoided it. I continued to preach. It came again. You see, when God wants you to say something, he will make sure you say it. It was as if an angel was in my front, you know, doing like... 
You won't say anything. You must say this thing. So, and then eventually when I was going to say it, come and see gymnastics. I said, there's someone, you have a relative who has goiter. The Lord says his power will touch her. I can't even remember what exactly. He, he would do something about it. What kind of word is that? <laughs> Hallelujah. But thank God the person was sensitive to receive that word. He had been praying for his cousin, praying he and his family. So when he heard that, he's, he immediately cut that video, sent it to the cousin, you know, sent her a message. This word is for you. I think he might be in church now, but I don't want to put him on the spot. This word is for you. You know, the cousin was already depressed, was overeating, became, you know, some people res respond to things like that in different ways. Became big. But here is the miracle. Because she had become big, and every part of her body, including her neck, was also big, she didn't realize that it had started to shrink. So it was the next checkup that she had, you know, just to manage the situation. The doctor checked, 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 and said, unbelievable. <laughs> Are you listening to me? Listen, I'm talking about medically proven testimonies. The same doctor that said, you have goiter says, we can't find it again. You know, so when I came to church one day and said, Pastor, you have to give me time in the service. I want to share a testimony. And I said, what? He held his mic and asked everybody. He said, do you remember the word of knowledge the pastor gave? It was my cousin. She checked and it's gone. You know, I want to be honest with you. I repented. Hallelujah. You know, another Ishmael experience I've had. I've been to the mortuary. You see, I love hard. And I don't, I don't pastor casually. So in time past when maybe a member says, this family member died, I would jump, you know, in my car, drive to the hospital or to the mortuary. I've done it, you know. I will make a fool of myself for Jesus. Lay hands, you know, 44 minutes, one hour. I'm seeing the eyes of the doctor says, well, just fool yourself and get out. Let's do our job, you know. And it looked as if the body was getting even cold, more cold by the day. As if as I was praying, the person was dying more. If, if, there, if there's anything like that, you know. But then, one night... I had such a long day, so I slept early and put my phone away, you know, because I, I had a long day. Only for me to wake up and see messages from one of my dear daughters in Abuja church saying, my mom is at the point of death. Please pray. Now, imagine how my heart felt that God, you know, oh my God, sleep, this, you know, judging myself and all of that. And by morning, she had already died. She had already been dead for us. You know, we had, see, brethren from the church were already going to her house to console her. And this time around, because of all the contradictions I had faced, I, I won't, honestly speaking, I didn't pace the floors, kabashing or, or, you know, I just sat down. And just one miraculous glimmer of hope in my spirit, I just said, God, just sitting on the couch, this can't happen like this. Show forth your power. This can happen like this. And by the time the folks from church went to her house, she said, mommy sneezed and came back to life. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, so listen. 
won't lie to you that I have it all figured out. But you see, it's a perspective issue. Half empty or half full. You say, why didn't this one happen? What about the ones that happened? What about the ones that happened? What about this and that and this and that that happened? The Bible tells us, Elisha, the great man of God, fell sick and died. Now that's a contradiction. And you're wondering, the great man of God, how could this happen to him? And then you, you are coming up with different theories, Ishmael theology. Oh, maybe he missed it. Maybe he lost it. And then his body is decomposed. And then it's just bones left. But one day they carry a corpse. And they place on the bones of Elisha. And that dead corpse jacked back to life. You know what that tells us? The contradictions in your life don't in any way change the fact that you were anointed. Are you getting what I'm saying? So whilst we don't even know why Elisha would be sick, the reality is he was anointed. And even his bones still carried the power. So what if you refuse to allow the things you can't explain in your past affect the miracles in your future? You don't need to die and for your bones to raise the dead for you to realize you were anointed all along. Get up, dust yourself, stop the pity party and believe God. Let faith rise in your heart. You see, let me tell you this. Because some people say, well, maybe God heals once in a while when he feels like. Let me tell you a story in the Bible. Jesus had been on the Mount of Transfiguration. By the time he came down, there was a case of someone, you know, who had a child that was possessed by a demon and was sick. In Jesus' absence, they're taking the child to the disciples and the disciples couldn't cure him. If Jesus was not dead, they would say, well, maybe it's not the will of God. Maybe it wasn't meant to happen. You know, and all of that. We come up with slick phrases, like God gives, God takes. But when Jesus came back, from the mountain and they brought the same child to him and told him your disciples couldn't cure the child you know what he said he said faithless generation he didn't he didn't buy whatever theology is reigning today he said faithless generation how long shall i be with you and he commanded the evil spirit to leave the child and the child was whole if jesus was not there we would have had an excuse and Jesus' response was proof that it wasn't God's will for the child to remain sick. So what if we just get honest and say, you know what, I'm getting better. I'm getting better at it. Maybe we have some growing to do. It's convenient to say, oh, you didn't do this right. You didn't do that right, you know. So here's what I will tell you. I've seen more miracles this year than the past two years put together. I'm telling you. And thank God I didn't stop. And guess what? I will never stop. Did you hear what I said? And there will be miracles today. There will be miracles today. So I'm here to tell you, with due respect to all the contradictions that you faced in your life, for the sake of the people that God will still use you to reach, 
I dare you to believe God. Because the word of God has not changed. Despite your experience, Mark 16, 17 still says what it says. It still says this sign shall follow them that believe. It still says they shall cast out devils. It still says they shall lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. The word of God has not changed to adjust to your experience. It is true. And if you dare to believe, you will see what it says. Say, I dare to believe God. Come on, say, I dare to believe God. Listen, even that woman after 12 years could still believe. That's a challenge. The father of faith waited almost two decades for a child. Hallelujah. Make no mistake about it. Delay is not denial. Hallelujah. And in case you don't already know, the theme for today's service is your healing today. So when is it going to happen? I'm telling you, when is it going to happen? When are you going to be healed? Hallelujah. Now from the crown of your head to the sole of your feet, let every sick be healed. In the mighty name of Jesus, let every demon tormenting anyone here be expelled in the name of Jesus. Be expelled in the name of Jesus. Right now, the power of God rises from your legs. It saturates your being. In the mighty name of Jesus, be healed. 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 Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For inquiries, reach us on our helpline 0809-996-7000. Blessings.